Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Will Leverson, and this is the Union Address. Today's episode comes off the heels of a little bit of thinking that I did this morning. We, uh, on another show, on uh, or, or another segment of the Union Address called Q&A, we just um, recorded another segment of that show, um, and one of the central sort of themes of that Q&A session is a way to look at our current place in this present time of our understanding of what it is to have a natural um, or a human uh, total experience, um, as I should say from every aspect of being a human at this point. What does that mean in the context of perhaps we are blessedly unique in the bigness of a what we can perceive as what it is to be a human being in a cosmos where whether you believe in a evolution of a species um, which by proxy you believe that everything up to this point is a consequence of physical forces and fundamental building blocks of a physical universe with mass and with interactions of chemical compounds that can form into um, amino proteins and the building blocks of what we can perceive as being the building blocks of life from single cell organisms up into the most complicated mammalian or reptilian uh, species. And so what we have is that understanding and just to cover back from that show, one of the key themes we were saying is that if you believe that there is a natural world and things are consequential because of natural phenomenon, then the mind that you can then exert your influence on said phenomenon then leads you to make decisions such as there is a virus you can eradicate such a thing in a natural order of a natural universe you can eradicate the virus you can stop the asteroid you can understand the 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 black hole you can perhaps try to exert your will on the natural world against what we can understand is the eventuality of the running out of what we can understand of time and of space, the physical manifestation of the presence of time, this concept of a space and of a time and that both because of these physical forces of 
of fundamental forces, the influence of gravity uh, on the on the effects of a space time um, and the other fundamental forces thereof, that if you believe in that, then you cannot believe that you can save a planet, not realistically. And when we walk that back and we say then that people that believe that there is a creator, an intelligent, philosophical, and to quote the new Disney movie, a theoretical construct of an eventuality in this thought of a creation, that if there is an intelligent creator, then there must be then these other things in a creation as abstract as they may seem to a thing that is in a physical world. No more so than we can conceive of an infrared gamma ray spectrum. If we were able to see that, then we would be able to perceive of a cosmic microwave background. We would be able to see a sort of shape of things if we were able to see into these uh, subatomic and atomic worlds here and effects thereof of the spectrum of fundamental forces such as weak and strong nuclear forces and electromagnetism. And so from our perception of a natural world, we still don't feel unique enough. So much so that in our non-uniqueness, we do not make decisions upon said world for ourselves or for the betterment of this. If this is truly what some believe, we only thing that we have None of us treat this better. Even amongst that, there are some of us who believe that if perhaps we repent of this human being of a way and seek and strive to not be this thing that's rooted in this sort of constant cycle of anguish and hurt upon itself and its environment. Then the concept that somehow you are going to save something against what you know is an eventuality of destruction. Then you say, well, perhaps we can find a way to spread ourselves across a cosmos, to save ourselves. Even with the knowledge that eventually the concept of what we know as the space of the universe and of a time in the existence thereof, the physical matter and structures thereof, How is it that we can 
believe that what are we doing? We are focusing on the wrong things. What are you preserving? For whom are you preserving it for? We are saying that we want to make a better world for our children, yet we are finite in our minds to never work towards a future that is meaningful and impactful. We work towards preserving in what we perceive as the now. That is what we work to preserve. We are not working toward a future. If we were in the midst of what we were given, there have been prayers from and not just the concept of a Western Judeo-Christian prayer or of a Muslim prayer or of a singular mindset of a religious um, expression toward um, a, a, a spiritual connection in your particular faith. We are talking about the real groan of people saying, my God, can something different happen? Even if your concept of that isn't anything that you will appreciate. You have groaned under, we have groaned under our breath. Can something please? And then the eventuality of a human species on an earth that a virus happens but the virus that we have is nothing of the killers that have been among us for so long tuberculosis polio measles mumps before we had shots not long before the foundation of this country, and certainly since the bricks of Oxford University have been laid as a building, as a physical structure on an earth that exists in a cosmos. We have had feast, famine, flood, earthquake, hurricane, near geothermal winter, across a world because of volcanic activity. We've, we've had these things. And without having the structure of a vaccine, without having a global effort of concerted Civilizations is really what this isn't a. And so here we have a time that we have had in times past, but the mindset of a finite thing that it can somehow against the narrative that it knows in one way, shape or form. It is not dogmatic principle for someone to present information that says live your life 
by other people as best as you can. This is all going to eventually end. And that there may be some way against this narrative to not be rooted in the mind of death. And for whatever reason, we are more willing to put our stock in preserving something against a narrative that we know, what are you doing? When we are taught of a Tower of Babel mindset, that, and my goodness, when we sometimes should step back and think of things, this isn't something that is a great mystery that humans are engin- are, are, are quite genius, ingenious, uh, great ingenuity. And we understand that we have had these great and high civilizations. We can't duplicate some of these processes even until today to have an understanding of the scale and how they were able to do these things. We don't know, but they had these methods of doing this. How can a human conceive of doing this? How can a human conceive of an unseen world of infrared spectrums? It is not because the human created the infrared spectrum. He cannot influence it. He can see it, though. He can see the atomic structure of things, can know the chemical composition of things, can know the eventuality of the end of a space and time, but a human cannot in of itself impress anything upon it. As fantastical as things may possibly be to be able to harvest the energy of a star against a narrative of eventual collapse of space and time seems to be silly, really. Perhaps the focus on a within and what it means to be that in this narrative isn't such a bad thing, man. We have people right now whose efforts are to preserve something that cannot be preserved. If we keep getting new virus strains, does that mean that the virus that that the virus is going to end? We and not the bigness of our science have said by the nature of us striking against the narrative of susceptibility to disease, we are creating diseases that we cannot defeat. Perhaps it would be far more prudent to, in our, this reset that we've been given, Things slowed down. There are people that have access to money at this point in time that had no access to any money. And we say that in the presentation of a human policy that that means that those people are then doing a good thing. Which, yes, it is a good thing that people 
in the midst of a narrative of not having anything have now had an opportunity to have something. But it, it did not come about because of one or two or even many men. It came by the nature of a system of governance and of economy from the operation of a human understanding of a governance from antiquity to now and a system of governance that allowed that not by the nature of a man being able to create it in and of itself. And yet in this reset that we've been given, there has been no discussion from any high place of what we can conceive of being any religious um, sort of presence of a leadership that is calling for at this time a repentance. We have great people who are in front of many influential people and there is no talk of a changing of a way a deep changing of a way a circumcision of the heart these concepts aren't foreign that's what we all feel just because it doesn't sound like some antiquated language in a quasi-literal historical story of us all that is the story of a human soul more than it is a history of the physical people all of our expressions in that are a expression of something that we are not able to quantify If people say that they believe in a chi and their understanding is something, there is nothing in the revelation of Jesus Christ when it comes down to the finality of the final judgment that mentions anything about only Christians going to heaven or being. Only Christians are will be the only ones at that moment in time that when there's a separation between that which is separated from God and that which God is going to call him to himself in that moment. It doesn't say that Christians won't be a part of those that are cast away. It never said that. That is not any part of what that part of the finality of what our spiritual existence will be. In this, what we know to be God's creation. This is not a simply a physical moment in time. We have put 
what God have revealed to our all of our prophets. From Abraham, from Isaac, and of Jacob. We, in the face, and it's not just Christians, once again. The other part of what we like to present on the Union Address is information um, to people as we get ready to really present our central news of the day around the thought that perhaps there is a deeper and more meaningful way to look at our current place at this current time. And perhaps we ought to really start listening more to what is only referred to as common sense. When we think of these dogmatic principles, apart from what is being presented in information, sometimes for us it may seem that it is fantastical. But for those people, it was not. We have to understand. We, the same way we would say that someone in ancient Egypt, if we brought them here today, may be amazed. We would be amazed by ancient Egypt because we wouldn't know how they could do what they did when they don't have what we have. There has been a report in local news site, not local news cycles, I apologize, but in Global news cycles, international news, uh, local news, uh, national news, um, that there have been a discovery near the ancient Egyptian city of Luxor that is the fabled lost city of Amenhotep. Now, the reason why this is important to those of us that may ascribe ourselves to a Judeo-Christian faith is the appreciation that as even when Christ walked this planet, salvation wasn't just resolved to just those who at that point in time called themselves Jews. Jews and Hebrews are two different things. And this is not a teaching of that, but at this point in time, Jews is more of a identity, yes, ethnically, but by the time of Rome, there had been enough of the people of the Jewish faith by proxy of having extended families and familial connections have multiplied across at that point in time the ancient world there were not just Jews that lived in Israel there were Jews that lived in many other places who followed the faith of their ancestors at that point there were no more Hebrews because Hebrews were in captivity from ancient from Darius to Xerxes and many others, and Cyrus included. 
So at that point in time, ethnically, there were no more ethnic Hebrews at that point in time. They were Jews, people of a Jewish identity by practice of the traditions and keeping the feast thereof, their forefathers' ways is where they were forever now marked as Jews. So this remnant of this people that had been in captivity had multiplied amongst themselves. So now you have a point in time where in ancient Egypt, during what we know as the Exodus, and these fantastical things that we can know if you are of the Abrahamic or Ibrahimic religions, that Moses was instrumental in being used of God to lead at that point in time those that were still Hebrews. Remember, they were Hebrew slaves. So at that point in time, those of that people who were in Egypt, as we know, just the same way that we live today, there are going to be people that are going to see who are not a part of that community. We know that from our own experience that in the plight of black Americans, that there are people who see their plight and see their ways and see that those ways are either good for them or as a way of being that I will associate with you because I can see where you're coming from. So much so that in music, so much so that in artistic expression and dance, that we have those that may not be of an African experience, but they can appreciate it so much because they see something in it. We may, in our time of understanding of years and of events, cannot quite ascribe the years to the events in antiquity. We approximate What we may not be able to know in our present time is the Red Sea parting and of the chariots and all of these things. We may not be able to know of that. But what we can know is of the after effects of this. We know that Moses would be able to after many years in the wilderness, lead the people 
known as Hebrews, into their land, promised of a covenant with their progenitor, with their family start. Back in Egypt, it wasn't like Egypt was just destroyed. Egypt was still Egypt over there. There were many pharaohs after this recorded in Chronicles and Kings and such in the Christian Bible. It didn't go away. It wasn't destroyed. There are even mentions of pharaohs who have familial proximity to some of the leadership in Israel at the time. The discovery of Amenhotep's tomb, and the reason why this is important on a Sunday, is that Amenhotep would have been a child during the Exodus. So much so that Amenhotep is a Egyptian pharaoh Forsook, forsake the beliefs of his ancestors, the entirety of Egyptian belief in many gods to worship one God. That is what Amenhotep made that city for that was just discovered. To worship one God in the midst of a narrative of paganism. On this Sunday... Perhaps three days or so after the discovery of this, of the bricks of this city, we can celebrate on today that we may not have in our eyesight the things that have happened, but some, you better believe somebody knew it. Somebody lived it. And that Pharaoh, Amenhotep, against the narrative the only Pharaoh who did so, so much so that he was struck from Egyptian history. We knew he existed because he was in the space of their, uh, of, of, of their lineage of leaders. We knew he was somewhere in there. We just couldn't find him. And we found his city, the city of the one God. The city of what he could perceive as the one true God. An Egyptian pharaoh who would have been a child. Either directly during the plagues and of the exodus. He would not have been a firstborn child. He would have been a subsequent generation of Egyptians. This Pharaoh, in what he could know as worshiping one God, in an appreciation that later Jesus himself, as a Roman centurion, showed Jesus favor and not as a mocking favor, but as a true act of fealty and respect 
to which Jesus said, there is not one in all of Israel who have shown me this. There's not one amongst my people who have shown me this courtesy in this that when Jesus is talking about when he mentions someone, he mentions it in a way that there is a true interaction from himself to that person. So much so that this some the 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 the, the, the word of God wrapped in flesh could look at that man and see that within that person who was not a part of this promise at this point. Not just yet. Salvation hadn't happened yet. Jesus is preaching to his people, man. He's giving as he's interacting with people that he's not necessarily ministering to. These interactions he's having, the fact that Jesus could say at that point in time, there's not one amongst all of my, he's not that that show me that type of, you're not doing that because you're trying to be, that is a legitimate act from you. There is not one amongst my people who have done that. There are interactions that people have had with the living God that he have even said, even to Cyrus and Darius, that even as great as they are, they they don't they don't even know that it's him who's allowed them to have the space to even do that because that structure, that way of being, the 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 the, the sciences, the 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 health, and all of these things that are a part of this great effort here that's still of him. It's not that it's not, it's not that, it's not that that wasn't of him. And all he has ever said, the living God, man, in all of creation, man, we don't have Martians that we can talk to, okay? We don't. We don't have, man, we don't have Independence Day we don't have Transformers. We don't have none of the stuff from Stargate, man. We don't, okay? But what we do have is for somehow, some way, knowledge that everything came from nothing. There's nothing that a human can do. For example, a human cannot say in antiquity or even in the Renaissance, or the age of enlightenment. No one can say that as a human, they sat up there and were able to create using forces that they are able to mold of this physical universe, a mini singularity and then say, oh, I, everything, I, I know how this happened now. Uh, everything was created out of nothing. I, I know it now because I was able to do it. Like I know about fire. I know fire exists because chemical reactions to oxygen and heat and things, it create I can create fire. So I know that a universe is created from a singularity because I was able to put that together. 
I was able to make that happen. Therefore, I could see it, and this is how it happened, and we can test it. And see. That's not that knowledge did not come of a human volition, man. God have allowed, or the living God, man, the living God, not a a abstract thing that is dead. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, man, the God of David. And El Shaddai himself, man. He was celebrated and known amongst all peoples, man. That God. The God that people groan to when they have no thought or prior concept or even the worship of the, the inclination toward a living God. They've grown to a living God in some way. That groaning is your connection with that which you, you, the same way that you cannot make a black hole, although one exists, you could not have known it because you do not create it. It is imparted into you to understand so that you are not some ignoramus thing shouting and throwing sticks up at the air. That is what has been given to you as a portion of being that yes, you can understand the fundamental forces of a thunderstorm, yet you cannot create it. If you cannot create it, you cannot save it. We can save ourselves from fire by not creating the fire, yet we cannot save ourselves from the chemical reaction thereof. If lightning strikes a tree and we did not create that fire, that fire can then spread to other things, yet we can quench the fire with our understanding given unto us that yes, water does quench out fire. But as our pursuits and our knowledge that we had sought to gain, we keep pushing ourselves further and further away from a fundamental truth. That's why we can't see it. Just like in any relationship. When you're separating yourself and pushing yourself further and further away, you're no longer going to see the connection. We are at the point where we are and a make or break, not a make or break for us as if we if we continue with an unbelief that somehow we'll be able to master master the universe and save ourselves for the end of space time. Now, that is a wicked thought, isn't it? Well, maybe if we go into the multiverse, do you see the, 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 the sort of mind that does that? And we think that a that a Babel moment never happened in, in the bigness of human, of humankind, that we didn't try in, in, in the space of our minds to do something that if we were allowed to do it, we would have <laughs> this. So we don't believe that Babel happened, but we know that if we have a Manhattan project <laughs> and the reason why we have a Manhattan project is not because as in the Avengers movies, we, they, they said about Tony Stark, it's not like you're trying to give free energy to the world. 
It's not, there's not anything that's going on here. We're trying to find a way to end a war by destroying people a lot at once is what we were doing because we didn't want the enemy to destroy a lot of people at once and exert their influence. So the same people that built an atomic bomb couldn't be the same people that thought to build a tower unto heaven. But we build skyscrapers. We can't conceive that maybe, just maybe, at a certain point in time, had we been able to just remain unchecked, that we'd somehow be a lot further in our human ways than we are now? Okay, I would be willing to wager you this. If I were a creator and I had a concept of being outside of a space and time because I am the creator of it, and I'm able to see and exert my will on the entirety of something. So much so that within me, you always exist in one way or another. Either because I know that there's a perfect end for everything and oh, by the way, I happen to know every outcome you could possibly have. If I happen to say that, yep, you know, if you don't trip over and fall right there and break your ankle, three days from now, you're going to be walking on a bridge and someone's going to smack dab plow into you. Now, if I were to tell you that, what would you say? You'd say, well, can that not happen? But what if I told you, actually, you know what? In the bigness of everything happening, um, yeah, that could happen. Or you could be 85 and end up dying of dementia. You are correct. Then you say, well, why do I have to die? Well, that's not the universe that we live in now, is it? Not the one we live in. Well, if there was, you can't see, you can't keep going. That mind is the spirit of the accuser. That is why we must rein in our efforts. This is not dogmatic principles. This is not someone telling you that some spooky man is going to come and, and float down and do these things to you. This is not someone saying that if you don't do things a certain way, there's a difference in the doing of things. There is willful ignorance. There is being in the moment and being able to uh, not have the same outcome as someone else who may be doing something because they are willfully ignorant. They are doing it and knowing that they shouldn't be. Then there are people who for whatever reason and you look at these circumstances and say it seems like it's not fair. Would it be fair if you died from a disease through an act 
that you may, may have done as opposed to meeting your end while you were swimming on a beach and a shark bit your leg. All these things are within what can happen. Our thought that things are unfair is because of how brief of a time that we are here in this creation, here at this present time. Not in the mindset of a, this can be somehow preserved and to a point where thereby we feel that it is now time. I'm not sure where any of our days are going to go from this point on. Once again, we like to share an information on the show. Once again, we don't like to present one way of being over the other. We like to present, once again, information so that uh, in the sharing and understanding of the information that we're able to come away with our own thoughts. We just hope that as we're able to perhaps work towards a true future for what we can in our own efforts work towards being better towards one another that we are able to be responsible for our own actions and have a heart of repentance and not one of that you're able to just do things. There is a difference between the heart of people that do that. There is. We say there is one or two types of people. We say that you can only look at things one or two ways. Jesus had two people on either side of him who may only just recently of being besides Jesus either in a jail or even seeing or knowing of Jesus bearing his cross through the streets and then being put up next to two criminals. They may have had an idea truly of Jesus from the point of this is Jesus. And in knowing that this is Jesus, one person on the side of Jesus as Jesus is dying about to cry out to God. One of the people that were there besides Jesus 
We don't know. We we are not privy to the information as to what the gentleman's crimes were. We know that in ancient times, stealing could be just as serious as raping, depending on who you stole from, what it was, if it was a prize good or what have you. But the thing is, is that all three of those people at that point in time were resolved into death. And one of these people, and it wasn't, it, the, the, we don't have the expressions. They don't have an oil painting. They don't have a, a photo. They don't have a relief of this moment from antiquity. It is not carved on something. Why would it have been? It would have been three criminals struck up on a hill somewhere. What we do have recorded and perhaps because there was someone attending to the, there were people who were piercing Jesus and doing things to them. So there may have been people who were not far away as Jesus is dying and he's talking to these two other people that are there with him. And one of these criminals looks upon Jesus. And in that moment, he makes a choice and says, yep, this is, you know, you're, you're really, you're really the son of, you're, you're him, you're Jesus. And then there's the other person right there with him. Sure, he's known of Jesus too. And that moment, that person, for whatever reason, you know, looking at the other guy, looking at Jesus and is scoffing at the, the, the instance there. And as they're all three of them dying, it doesn't say that the two other men were still alive as Jesus died and were able to look and see of the uh, and feel the ground shaking and sky cracking and these things. It didn't say that in that moment after that happened, then they believed and then they no, the gentleman believed before he died. Before Jesus died, he believed on Jesus, not in seeing Jesus do a miracle, not in seeing all of this and experiencing this. He made his decision before both him and Jesus died. He was the last person to pretty much be able to make that decision before Jesus died, to believe that everything that Jesus was about and saying was in fact true. It didn't even say that that man was Jewish. It didn't say that that man was a Jew. It didn't say that both of those guys were Jewish. It didn't imply. I don't believe it implied that they were. So, the last person that Jesus spoke to, Jesus himself blessed. Do you know how, man, how powerful that is? Which is why in a revelation, we are taught that even amongst this narrative that yet, and once again, we are amongst Babylon's ways, yet again, we are amongst them. There will be an end to this, man. But while you're here, the thing that, that the, 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 the thing 
that you can best do. Is repent. Treat people well as best as you can. Don't be wicked as best as you can. Be repentant. You're going to be wicked. You are a wicked, corruptible thing. But repentance is is it. Where's your repentance? In the narrative that we're in now. We, at this present time, are in what we know as this virus. We, at this time, are in a time of what we know to be a trying time when it comes down to civil justice. Perhaps it is time that we start acknowledging that we are special, that we are unique. And that maybe in that uniqueness, we'll find our way forward. Because either way, Whatever you and I are doing, and it's not just colloquialisms, no. We are not going to get up out of here alive in the way that we are now. You're not Apocalypse from the X-Men. You're not some long-lived comic character. Man, we are real tangible in this universe, not meant to live forever. There is nothing that we have that can live or last forever. Nothing will last forever, not even time. And so maybe on this Sunday, we can appreciate how an Egyptian pharaoh in antiquity against the narrative of his people forsake our ways at risk of being forgotten by history to live or at least acknowledge our living God and try to come as close to what the living God says perhaps we should be doing as best as we can. Thank you all for listening on this Sunday. Please enjoy, be safe. God bless you. God keep you.